Hello and welcome to another episode of the Juxt Cast. Today we hear Hawkan's origin story. We discuss the new exciting things in Crux. We introduce XD20 and what we've got planned for that. Enjoy the show. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Juxt Cast. With us, we've got myself, Malcolm Sparks, and Joanna Antonelli, Hawkan Rawberry, Alex Davis. And I'm John Pither. So, as is the tradition on the podcast, we have a new member of the cast, Hawken Rolberg. So, we're going to do a quick origin story. So, Hawken, how did you get into programming? I had a Commodore 64 when I was in school. So, I started programming when I was eight, roughly, and wrote various text adventure games in basic. Um, and eventually, I got an Amiga. I started graduating into assembler, writing slightly more advanced games with graphics. Um, so this was maybe when I was 11, which would have been late 80s. After that, for a while, I tried very hard to not program, but eventually I realized that, no, you can actually have quite fun and earn some money by doing this. So in the late 90s, during the dot-com boom, I started working again. My first paid job was working in Java applet, which I estimated to take one week to build, which took six months and never really worked. But well, I've been trying to improve since then, but haven't been easy. So how did you get into Closure, Hawken? Well, so after my first Java applet, I wrote lots of other... Well, eventually Java servers came out, right? Like in J2E and all that stuff. So I wrote a lot of Java for a long, long time. Uh, and at some point I felt like, oh, JVM is great, but... And I've been investing, well, at that point, a large part of my career on the JVM. So I decided to, when Closure came out, that this was actually, yeah, felt very appealing. And I had already been messing around, like... I, very early on, and this goes way back, there used to be something called, uh, I think it was called Bistro, which was like a small talk compiled to JVM, which was like in the 90s. And it was quite cool, but it's like more or less pointless. Um, but eventually, I think Clojure was the first real non-Java JVM language I um, used in anger, I would say. So I was, played, I, I was traveling around the world at the time, so I was having this program in Clojure book by Holloway, uh, and I read it on a beach, and I left it on a beach somewhere as well. Um, and I wrote like a Pac-Man game in Clojure, and I felt like this is quite cool. So then eventually I came back to London and unassumingly managed to convince John to use Clojure on a project we were working on together in a bank in London. We are, we, this has been discussed on uh, EuroClosure 2012, 2012 uh, in our talk um, at yeah, and the first EuroClosure here in London. Um, and a precursor to that actually is quite interesting is that uh, I took John and Oliver Hine, which also works for Juxt, and a few other people from our team in the bank to watch Malcolm Sparks do talk about closure at his bank. We have to prove to my team that people are actually using closure. So, and eventually this uh, maybe didn't lead to internal love, but for John and Malcolm to hook up and, yeah, here we are today in Juxt. The first Euro closure was 2012, and that was Richard. He was there, Stu Halloway, the, all the gang, and it was a kind of the first closure conference. Who organised it? Was Mark, Marco Abyss? Marco Abyss. It? Yeah, and you, were, you knew Marco. Yeah, he was a colleague of mine and John's from ThoughtWorks, actually. So we knew. Um, I actually met Marco in a pizza place in Liverpool Street somewhere, and he asked, I remember, is it a good idea to organise a closure conference? It's like, is this, are we ready for this? Like, is there, isn't this, and I... Without knowing anything, I said, of course, it's a great idea to organize a closure conference. And I agreed to come and speak. So me and John submitted this talk about our product, which we had then um, 
I think, I don't remember exactly what happened back then. Because Mark and me, we met for lunch, but I don't remember which order happened. But I feel like he knew that I was working professionally in closure, which at the time, people were doing it, right? But it wasn't like extremely common, and I guess it's still not. So he was just listening a little bit, like, how do you feel the scene is like? And again, I said, um, so we did this talk. How did Marco get into closure? Don't tell me. He, he was walking along a beach, <laughs> and he found a book. Potentially, yeah. That's, yeah. Somewhere... No, I don't know exactly how he got into closure. And, um, I think he more felt that this is a great, like it's, an, it's technology up and coming and it's time for conference. I think I was more interested in the organizing side of it. But, um, and then you did, a, you did a conference talk. This is the first time I became aware of, of, of John and you, Hawken, because you had this samurai-inspired yeah. massacre at the middle office. It was based on the Seven Samurai or something? I remember something well, like yeah, so th This is actually a, another film, which, what is this film called again? I should remember. 13 Assassins, maybe, oh, something, yeah. yeah. I think it's called. Um, and it's a Mickey film, which is like, you know, um, he has done loads of loads of, um, well, not just samurai films, but other kind of ultra-violent, or more or less ultra-violent films. Um, anyway, our product wasn't actually ultra-violent, but it was, yeah, still quite... Yeah, well, that was a, a while ago, seven years ago. Yeah, this two, summer. yeah. And so after that, I mean, so Euroclosure has carried on, but this year it's it's kind of we're not going to have a Euroclosure, are we? And it's changed the heart of closure, and we're we're going. There's going to be how many of us going? About eleven of us. Heart wow. closure. Right, so we're going to be there in the on the Eurostar if it if the rails haven't buckled on the yeah, they've not melted. And, no. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the. If you're going, so I don't know when this is going out. Alex, do you know when this is going up? Yesterday. Probably just after Heart of Closure. So we had a great time at Heart of Closure. <laughs> um, it was really fantastic to see everyone there. Thanks for coming. Really like those crux tutorials that oh. you were through. Yeah. It was amazing. It yeah. was so fun to go through. Yeah, and, and particularly that, that um, thing on the Thursday, the, the four o'clock in the afternoon. or five, It's, the, it's four, four o'clock, yeah. The, the yeah. crux tutorial that yeah. you're giving. Yeah. China with the the space and the time space travel. theme yeah yeah okay and then what else is what is, is happening um, at Heart of Closure what else are we announcing so new Crux features we've yeah. we've been talking this afternoon about the Crux console which so Hawken is do we call him the father of Crux or the the adoptive father of Crux potentially yeah. because I think John wrote a lot of the initial version of Crux. And there may even be someone with left. Well, John is grandfather of... No, that doesn't well, matter, does uh, I'm sure. But so was... Co-parenting. Co Co-parenting, Co yeah. Okay. Modern family. Yeah. So you were, you were telling me earlier about the story, about the origin story of Crux. Yeah. And so you were on... You were with John, working on a team... Yeah. ...in another bank. Yeah, another bank, seven, six, seven years later. Um, and we were solving it... Well, we didn't solve it directly by the temporal problem. There was a temporal aspect to the problem, but... In the end of the day, what ended up happening is that we took a system we had built, which had a problem with ingestion speed, and we ripped out the back end of it and put in RocksDB to basically be able to ingest at any point in time. Suddenly, the business could come and say, like, I want to have this data from some other point in time, and I'll put it in there, and we want it all to be in the same timeline. So it was like a slightly bitemporal element to it, so you could just basically start ingesting from it. And also, it was much quicker to ingest into this thing. But because it ripped out the existing backend. We had a GraphQL frontend, but we ripped out the existing backend. We had to basically, so now we had stored the new data, it was much faster to get it in. We had a graph 
query thing that already existed, but we need to gel these things together. So in a way, you could say that some of the early ideas for Crux come from there, like how we wrote the GraphQL or Solvers to actually do, this wasn't data log, like the original system used data log, but this wasn't. So, um, no, so that's after we did that product, and we, we, I guess to some extent can argue we successfully delivered it, at least some version of it. Um, we took a step back and started looking at like where the common elements are. And there was another aspect of this thing, which was um, where you needed to kind of almost kind of branch or tag things in different points of time and update them later. So that's what more by temper things. We took, we took a step back and looked, okay, what we actually want to solve in a more generic, reusable way. Uh, and then we started working on Crux. And I remember the first time I heard of Crux was um, in, the, um, in, in the lounge of Paddington Station where me and John sat down and he told me we were considering building a database based on some of the experience we've had, are you interested? And I said that, yeah, I think so. And then I know that Malcolm and John, which maybe Malcolm talked more about, you guys had a, you went to Sweden without me for some reason, and then you actually had a Swedish crux experience. Yeah, we had a, a Viking experience, yeah. actually. We were, we were drinking mead and eating Viking food. I don't know why you went there, Holken. We were, anyway, it was a place in Gamlestan yeah. in Stockholm, which is where you're from, right? I'm from Stockholm, not from Gamlestan. But All right. Yeah. Yeah, but we were we were Vikings for a night, and then yeah. I don't know how how many how many glasses of mead we'd had later that then the word crux popped into the. John, can you remember? I think we were definitely drinking mead, and uh, I think uh, at one point we just decided that we'd built this big data fabric at a bank, and it solved some problems and was a way to generalize it. I think we were later in Bristol on a completely different project and we were trying to come up with names for this data store and it had to be four letters so so we're walking around and is it wood is it deck right. uh, you know just thinking of names and after the fifth cocktail I think you pronounced that it shall be thus called crux and was there a reason behind crux was it what what did crux refer to in that moment after five cocktails well, it sounded a funky name, and then retrospectively, you kind of think, well, why why was it a good idea? And I think that you know, the crux had this. You know, crux means cross, so it's a the, you know intersection, which is when you're doing a join and doing a data log query, you're you're joining things, and so you're you're finding for the intersection between different data sets. So I thought that worked, and then it's also the eighty eighth constellation. It's the smallest constellation, and John and I and other juxtas are pretty into astronomy, so we like constellations and of course the four letter words and so there was a few things that made it made it work and so we named it before we kind of searched for trademarks or anything like that and this also you have the intersection between valid time and transaction time in bitemporal space but that may have not been thought of at the time it has now it has now yeah yeah but i didn't didn't know they'd met at paddington station so we could have called it bear couldn't we <laughs> Yeah. I think the first name I wanted to call it was Leaf or something. Leaf. That was rejected quite resoundingly by you. Yeah. Or Ding. <laughs> That's it. So, um, so anyway, so what else are we announcing at Heart of Closure? So, new conference, John? Yeah, so we're looking at a new conference called XT20. Which has already been announced. Which has already been announced. Um, Can you buy your ticket at the moment? Uh, no. Okay. We're, we're presuming yes. By the time yes. you're listening to this, dear yes. listener, you can go to where to buy the ticket? Okay, so right now you can buy a ticket at xt20.tech. Right. So what is xt20? 
So XT20 is, well, the XT brand is about looking at the extremes of tech. So going to, uh, to the limits of what we understand now and looking at new ways of doing things. And it's trying to understand, like, where are we going? And if we want to solve the big problems of today, if we want to dream big, then what solutions and processes will we need? How can we change our game? How can we meet these challenges? So what we've decided to do for XT20 in search of these answers is to go back in time. So we're looking at the way the Victorians did things because they had a seriousness, didn't they, Malcolm? They, they, they built the bridges, the railways, the steam engines, and they really dreamed big. And there's a, maybe a sense that we've lost some optimism or we've, you know, we've lost that sort of daring to dream. And, uh, and what we want to think about now is not necessarily to go back in time. It's like we've evolved, we've moved on, we do things a different way now. But can we recapture that sense of optimism and can we dream big again? Can we look at the big challenges? And now with the technologies and the tools that we have, can we meet those challenges? Yeah, so we were in London on Tuesday night. I think we were doing some kind of filming. We, 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 had, some, we had to go to a pub, didn't we, for a particular reason. And we, we did a, a little movie announcing the, the conference with the theme of it's time to get to work, which is, you know, the very much the, the previous conference that Juxta organised back in 2016 was XT16, which had more of a playful experimental feel that we were saying, let's discover new tools and let's sharpen our tools. But this, this conference is very much you know, a playful side, but also a serious side. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the previous conference was about, like, we have to be creative. We have to, to play into experiment and we have to unleash the play part of our brain to really think of the new ideas. Like if we're dogmatic and we, we, don't, um, we don't engage like the more playful parts of our brain, then we won't reach for things like closure or we won't think, well, there's some other tool out there. Let's give it a go. Let's play. Let's imagine. Um, so that was a powerful message. And I think that's how we all came to where we are now by daring to play with things and to give things a go. But I think um, what we really want to do in our lives, or what I feel is something missing there, which is, you know, it's work where we can derive meaning. It's like I come to work because I want to build something, I want to create something. And there's, it's about bringing those two sides together. Yes, we want to, to play, we want to be creative, we want to have a good workplace. But XT20 is about let's dream big, but it's time to get to work. In fact, I mean, when we were, we were on the tube, we were talking about it's time to get to work. And then I kind of, we got out of the tube and there were these evening standards, that were this free newspaper in London, and we picked up one each, not that we normally read one, but I noticed the front was a picture of Britain's new Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying, it's time to get to work. So we... He obviously um, got the message. We, he, he obviously had... had uh, yeah. So in that, but we thought it was about time to say, well, we got there first. That was our, that's our slogan. But we were um, keen to get that video out with the... So if you've seen the video, that's why we, we were both reading the Evening Standard. We're not really reading it. I mean, it's a bit of a... But uh, that's the reason why that headline, if you want to look for that Easter egg, is there. So there's also the, the steampunk theme you're going for as well. It's maybe worth mentioning. Yeah, we had this, pro well, we had this challenge in that um, it's a bit cart before horse, I have to admit. But the venue that we've selected is this beautiful Victorian music hall. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, so it's a great venue. Uh, for us to get on stage and it's got like a balcony around and everyone can stand and look down and you can imagine we're going to have some jolly good fun whilst we're there. Um, but we had this, uh, this, this sort of juxtaposition of this Victorian music hall, but also we wanted to bring the extreme technology, which is what the XT brand 
is about. It's what we're trying to do. So we had a conundrum, which is, well, what sort of genre do you get this Victorian music thing going on, this Victorian element, but then also extreme technology? And then apparently there's this thing called steampunk, which I didn't really know about. I mean, I'd seen some movies like the Wild Wild West and things, but yeah, so steampunk it is. We're going all steampunk. So tickets are available at the moment on the website. How much are they? About 300 quid? Yeah, we think it's going to be about that price point. Uh, there might be some early bird discount codes that might be forthcoming yeah, if you the Heart were, of Closure event. That's right. If, you're, if you went to Heart of Closure, you should get a, uh, an email from the Heart of, uh, Heart of Closure organisers. is Martin Klepsch and Arnie Brasser, who's going to send you a personalised code. And you can use that code on the website to get a discount on the ticket. Or well, if you're watching this after Closure Tray, then potentially the same for Closure Tray as well. Oh, yes, of course. So tell us about who's going to be talking. How are you going to choose who's talking at the conference? Well, I can't reveal who is talking yet because it's too early to tell. We're keeping that under wraps as we plan and do our final selection. Uh, what I would say is that XT20 is a little bit different to most conferences in that it's curated. So it's a process of us dreaming big, really, and thinking, who do we really want to talk? Like, who, are, who is pioneering that has ideas that we listen to and we want to learn more from? So we will go and find those people. And uh, as time progresses, you'll see some interesting videos as we release those and interview those people ahead of the event. But hopefully it won't be too long before we uh, sort of unveil the first speaker. Yeah, I would say if you're listening to this and you are inspired by the theme of a conference and about dreaming big and using tech to solve big problems and you have some interesting talk or relevant talk, then mm. please get in touch because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it's a curated conference, but if someone has something to say, then we're definitely interested in listening.